Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this 25th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, just first, some housekeeping announcements before we begin worship. A reminder that this Sunday is the last Sunday for poinsettia orders. So if you desire to order one, please get that in to us today so we can get that in. Also a reminder that today is the last day of our canned food drive. Uh, if you haven't brought anything in and you still have things that you've forgotten, you can still bring them in tomorrow. We'll be here. It'll be open. Um, and then we will get those to county line. But today's really the deadline, but we'll show you grace. If you have stuff to donate tomorrow, make sure that comes in. Uh, newsletter articles are also due today. So if you have anything to get into the newsletter, let us know. So that will get printed. Uh, this morning also, special prayer request. Uh, first, we especially want to lift up Walton Barb's son-in-law, Steve, who I believe is in surgery this hour, this morning. So we want to lift him up. Also, we want to lift up the family of Tom Durth and the friends in the community and to all the many people that he's blessed and touched with his ministry over the years. Tom passed away this past week. so. Let's lift them up in our prayers as well, and all of those who grieve his passing. Are there any other prayer requests or any other announcements that you have for the... Yeah? Um, I have that nice little board you all hate. I won't pass it around again, but I'll just tell you what I have. I have two communion assistants left yet I need filled in, one for February and one for September. So if you would like to sign up for that, just come over and see me. And the other thing is, um, after Thanksgiving, I will get the envelopes ready for 2024. If you don't receive envelopes now and would like some, let me know. I'll set you up. That's it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, Kerry. Uh, a number of people have asked me questions. Uh, <clears throat> my surgery is going to be on December the 1st. I'm going to have open heart surgery. I just want to thank everyone for cards and texts of prayers that they've sent me over the last couple of weeks. We continue to pray for Gary as he awaits his surgery, and of course on that day we'll be praying as well. All right, anything else? If not, we have a special prelude this morning, so I'll invite you to prepare for worship and to prepare your hearts as we listen to the prelude. Sunshine 
wine and for rain we gather together to give our thanks to God to give our thanks to God you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may abide in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Righteous God, our merciful Master, you own the earth and all its peoples, and you give us all that we have. Inspire us to serve you with justice and wisdom, and prepare us for the joy of the day of your coming, through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Zephaniah. Be silent before the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guests. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do harm. Their wealth shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The warrior cries aloud there. 
That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring such distress upon people that they will walk like the blind. Because they have sinned against the Lord, their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath. In the fire of his passion, the whole earth shall be consumed. For a full, a terrible end, he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. The word of the Lord. We'll now read responsively Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth, before the land and the earth were born, from age to age, you are God. You turn us back to the dust and say, Turn back, O children of earth. For a thousand years in your sight, You sweep them away like a dream. They fade away suddenly like the grass. In the morning it is green and flourishes. In the evening it is dried up and withered. For we are consumed by your anger. We are afraid because of your wrath. Our iniquities you have set before you, and our secret sins in the light of your countenance. When you are angry, all our days are gone. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The span of our life is seventy years, perhaps in strength he may be. Yet the sum of them is but labor and sorrow, for they pass away quickly and we are Who regards the power of your wrath? Who rightly fears your indignation? <clears throat> A reading from 1 Thessalonians. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then a sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through, Jesus, through Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents. For to all of those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last Sunday in Matthew 25, we heard the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And we made a a simple distinction between the foolish bridesmaids and the wise bridesmaids. The wise ones brought enough oil along with them because they wanted to be part of the celebration of the wedding feast. And the foolish bridesmaids were not interested in such a celebration. They wanted minimum involvement with the party that was going to happen. And we heard then that to prepare for the last day, We should be preparing by planning to celebrate with joy. We enjoy the many gifts of God today. We receive the good news of the gospel with joy, right? And we don't approach God's word with just ritual compliance, but rather we gladly hear it and learn it, right? To prepare for the last day is to come to the sacrament joyfully, knowing that you are receiving the forgiveness of sins, knowing how much you need God's grace and that he's giving it to you. Yes, what we hear from Christ is that the kingdom is all about celebration. And so the parable of the talents is going to develop on this theme as it follows right after the parable of the bridesmaids. And again, in this parable, there are really two distinct impressions of God that we get from the servants. The first two servants who are given five and two talents go and make a profit, and they see that their master is generous and trusting. So for a little context, a talent, which is a coin, a talent was about 20 years worth of daily wages. So a conservative estimate is that a talent was something like $400,000 in today's money. So five talents, which the slave received, would have been something like receiving $2 million in our understanding of currency. It was significant money. 
And he gives money, the master gives money to his servants and implicitly says, I want you to have this. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to do well with it. This is the kind of money that changes your life. And so they understand the master is not only fair, but he is extraordinarily generous. The master provides for them, and he entrusts to them what is his at great cost. The master does not give suspiciously. There's no evidence that he's testing them. He simply says, take what is mine and go do well with it. And so those slaves get to work. This is, of course, exactly how we are called to see God. In the small catechism, Luther teaches us that God richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger. He guards and protects me from all evil. And all of this he does out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. God takes care of us. He takes care of us as a generous father. He generously provides for us both our physical needs and our spiritual needs. It's even why in the Lord's Prayer we're taught to pray daily for our bread, but also for the forgiveness of our sins. God has promised on all accounts to provide for us exactly what we need. And so God's generous provisions for our needs, both the physical and the spiritual, are not based on our worthiness. They're based on God's generosity. God is truly generous. He provides for all people, no matter how good or bad they are. And he desires to save all people and will save all who turn to him in faith. He is generous. He is so generous that he desires for sinful creatures like you and me to live in the fullness of his presence and glory forever. But as we see, there's another impression of God that we get in this parable. And the other impression of God comes from the servant who was given just one talent. And this slave, he sees the master as harsh and unforgiving. He thinks he must take the master's trust and hide it for fear that he might mess up and get punished. The slave is handed $400,000 and he digs a hole in the ground and buries it. He buries it as we will come to find out, because he believes the master to be harsh. He fears that if anything happens to that money, he'll be severely punished. Now, we could all point out the foolishness of burying $400,000 and thinking that that's a good idea, but that's not even the real problem here. The real problem is that this slave does not understand his master. Rather than understanding his master as generous, he practically sees him as a thief. He sees the master as the one who gathers where he does not sow. He doesn't believe that his master deals honestly. He doesn't trust his master. He doesn't trust his word. And so the servant lives his life in fear because he doesn't really know the heart of his master. Because the servant lives in fear, ultimately he does no good. He does no good for the master. He does no good for himself. He does no good for anyone else because he's going through his life thinking of his master as simply harsh and unforgiving. We can be tempted to see God like this as well. And there really are many people in this world who rather see God as harsh and vindictive rather than loving and generous. And the image here is only of the law-giving God, the law-giving God who is eager and ready to punish all who break his laws. Or maybe even worse, the image of a God who is distant and far off, never to return, who leaves us to figure out this wicked world on our own and leaves us to our own wicked devices. And this is the wrong image of God because this is an image of God that leads only to self-preservation, right? If God is only out to punish me, then I must make sure I spend my life making sure that I don't do something to offend him. My moral behavior becomes the center of my religion as I learn only to fear God and not to trust and love him. And so with this image of God, spiritually, we cower, knowing that we are sinners, but can't trust God to take care of our every need. And this leads to callousness in life, because it says, all that I have is mine. I must live in this life and pull myself up and take care of myself because there is no generous God to provide for me. This is the view that All that I have is the result of my own hard work, 
my own skill, my own talents. I don't need anybody and nobody needs me, and that is to bury your talent in the ground. But maybe even more concerning for us is that this is an image of God that leads to a refusal to repent of our sins and believe in the gospel. Because if we only want to believe that God is harsh, then we don't trust that God really wants to forgive us our sins. And so instead of repenting of our sins, we end up trying to rationalize them. We say things like, well, this is who I am, this is who I was made to be, this is just how our culture is today, this is just my sin, and I have to deal with it. And so people who have the image of only a harsh God learn to trust only themselves. They learn to trust the world, they learn that they have to make it on their own. And they never truly trust in a generous God, a God who wants to take your sins, a God who wants to heal you, a God who wants to redeem you. They only see the world through the harshness. But when we have the right view of God as a generous God, and as a God who wants to give us his many gifts, then our life begins to open up. Because knowing that God loves us, that he lovingly provides for us all that we need, it means we're free to go out into the world and to love our neighbors. We're free to take risk. We're free to be restored. We're free to be healed. We're free because we're accepted by the Father who loves us. There's a well-known anecdote about Luther and his friend and co-reformer Philip Melanchthon. Philip once wrote to Luther confessing that he was too afraid of falling into sin in his work. Here was someone, Philip Melanchthon, who was called to speak boldly and courageously to reform the church. And he confessed to Luther he was afraid he was going to mess up, that he would bring himself under condemnation. And famously, Luther wrote back to Philip saying, sin boldly. Sin boldly, yet love Christ even more boldly. Sin boldly is exactly what the slaves with the talents were to do. They were to trust that their master wanted to provide for them. This isn't just about taking great risk to change the world, to doing something remarkable. It isn't just about heroic deeds in the name of Christ. But it's about loving one another boldly and about trusting in God's generosity boldly. Right? When just simple things, when we have our children baptized, when we raise them in the faith, we're investing our talents into something that God has promised will grow in return. When we pray for our neighbors, when we give what we can to the poor, when we do honest and meaningful work for God's glory, we're like those who take their talents and multiply them. When we speak truthfully to the lies of our culture, then we, we're investing talents to something that will multiply for God's glory. When we're hopeful, when we trust that God does love us and care for us, we're multiplying his graciousness. However, when we grumble, when we selfishly hoard things for ourselves, when we refuse to pray for others, we refuse to share blessings with others, then we're burying the gifts of God. That's not the way to live freely in this world. Instead, God wants us to know him as generous. And in turn, he wants us to freely share his generosity with others. And so the question is then, what do you do if you find yourself like the servant with one talent? What if you find, you look at your relationship with God, and you find that you're often sensing that you're under condemnation? What if you're afraid of God? What if you're afraid of being honest with God? What if you know there is some sin that you're holding on to that you're afraid to repent of because you think there's only judgment for you? What do you do when you doubt God's generosity? Where do you turn if you find only a God who condemns you? Well, this is what we know. Turn to God's promises given to you in his word and sacrament. Find the generous God in the Christ crucified for you. Find the generous God on the cross, the God who has, bared, who has borne your sins for you, the God who has promised to hear your prayers. Find God in his promises. This is where our generous God is found, and this is where we must turn every day. Turn to that generous God.
Amen. Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We will look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, enter not into judgment with your servants, for no one living is righteous before you. Have mercy now on those weighted down by guilt and shame. 
and faithfully convince them of your grace and holiness for them in Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Teach us to do your will, for you are our God. Strengthen all pastors to meditate on all you have done and to proclaim your word in its truth and purity, that your good spirit may lead us on level ground, holy and righteous before you. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, you have made us children of the light and of the day. Bless our homes, especially parents, as they teach their children your ways, that your people may walk as those armored in faith, love, and salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, a nation that despises you will be as a sacrifice to others, for it has rejected you as its strength and shield. So then grant repentance in our land, that our laws may be just, our transactions honest, and our love for others fervent. And especially give wisdom and strength to Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, to do what is right according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, give ear to our pleas on behalf of all the afflicted, especially this morning, Ardith and Steve, Charlie and Jane, Charles, Steve, Nancy, Carson, Max, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, Courtney, Jan, and all of that, and all of those who now grieve the passing of Tom. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve their life and grant them healing and comfort according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, you have not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Until the day of his coming and glory, grant that we may welcome him at the altar, even as we are welcomed to him, receiving his body and blood for our, for, for our for forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. And God of grace, preserve us from the temptation to consider you a hard master. Keep us mindful that you give us everything good in abundance. Most of all, a place in your household. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Mighty and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, Unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please rise. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.